Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Our goal is to provide you with a way to listen to real conversations on work by real SLPs. We are full-time SLPs in the trenches. These are honest conversations by SLPs for SLPs. I'm Sarah, an SLP of 10 years. I've worked in a variety of settings, and I started this podcast after dealing with bouts of overwork and overwhelm. For a long time, I thought other SLPs just had it together. Now I know better. What I know now is that we're all here just trying to figure it out. This podcast is a place for conversations about what it's like to work as an SLP, the real deal. By talking in a real way about work, I hope we can all feel less alone, less isolated, and more empowered to be great SLPs. And I'm Sari, a current clinical fellow, navigating through the waters of what grad school tells us your first year being an SLP is like, and what the reality of your clinical fellowship year is like. I currently work for a local school district and I serve children ages 5 to 20 with a wide variety of speech and language disorders. And this first year has been overwhelming. It's not exactly what was broadcasted to the student. And I hope I can share some of my first year experiences with others and discuss ways to maintain quality of life during the clinical fellowship. Today on the podcast, we are talking about what it's like to have a difficult day at work and what to do about it. We'll also share something we're currently trying to make our work lives calmer, more rewarding, and happier, and a piece of SLP advice a mentor gave us that was a lightning bolt moment for both of us. So, Sari, it's our first podcast, and we are doing this. It feels very real now. (laughs) It does. Yes, our first podcast. I can't believe it, as evidenced by the sound of our lovely voices. (laughs) All right, let's talk about how it all started. Uh, Sari and I were out having dinner and having a great SLP conversation. Uh, How long ago was that? I I think it's only been two or three weeks. We've been pretty on the ball getting this up and running. Mm Mm-hmm. I had wanted to start a podcast for a long time before I mentioned it to you. And I just felt like I was seeing a lot of perfection on social media about being an SLP Mm -hmm. and not a lot of vulnerability, not a lot of real conversations. And yes, I wanted to see Pinterest graphics and Instagram (laughs) posts about how fun and easy it was to be an SLP, but that didn't really match up with being a real SLP. And I wanted more out in the SLP world about what it's like to navigate the stormy waters of this career and how to find your way up in a profession that can be emotionally charged. Right. And, you know, when you pitch this idea to me, you use the words passion project. And that really is what hit home. And, you know, that's what this process has become really a sort of passion project that gives us at the very least a chance to discuss ways to manage SLP self-care and improve overall well-being. And it's been an incredible opportunity for me, and I'm so grateful you brought me on board. And I'm so happy that you're here and we're doing this together. Mm -hmm. It's a hobby for both of us, and we are really looking forward to putting our ideas out there. Uh, But honestly, we both love the creativity of coming with 
coming up with new ideas, uh-huh. um, writing the script, producing the podcast. I knew that I'd like it ahead of time, but so far it's been a lot more fun than I expected. Absolutely. I've loved this whole process. And it's so nice to be part of something that can be so rewarding. So that was our how we started our origin story. And now it's <laughs> on to another first, which is our first segment. First segment. So on this segment, we're sharing SLP advice we've heard from mentors, SLP friends, or even people we're mentoring. Sari shared with me some advice from a mentor she had that really resonated with me. And this advice focuses on combating the martyr or hero complex, which many SLPs have had. I have. Uh, It's that feeling that if you weren't there to do that huge pile of work, things would fall apart. I've definitely felt that way as an SLP. So, Sari, what's your advice? Well, this is something my current CF supervisor actually said to me, and I've been reflecting on it a lot. It's that no one is irreplaceable when it comes to our jobs. And sometimes I'm guilty of doing just this. We'll take things on, we'll wear multiple hats, juggle way too many things, and we'll justify it by thinking, well, no one else can do this, or what would they do without me? And, you know, we kind of justify it with thoughts that we're irreplaceable. And that's not really the truth. When we leave this job or a job for one reason or another, someone else will be hired to complete it. And they may not do it as well or, God forbid, they might do it better than us. But what needs to get done will get done and life will go on. So I I know this kind of sounds like a humble pie note to make, but I wanted to talk about it uh, because I'm the type of person who does this exact thing. And it can be dangerous. It's it's a tough line to tread. And if we let ourselves become too carried away with being irreplaceable, we'll get burned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's kind of one of the only ways that I've found to leave a difficult position is just to think, okay, the next person might do this better than me. <laughs> <laughs> next up, we wanted to share a segment we are calling From the Speech Room of... As SLPs, we often work alone. There's no water cooler talk with other SLPs in the break room. And even in work settings with other SLPs, we're often too busy and overworked to talk to each other about how it's going. So that's exactly what this segment is about. And today, we're talking about having a difficult SLP day. Some days are great, but some days are not so great. And we want to talk about what to do on those hard days. Absolutely. So in order to move forward in the conversation, we're going to make an agreement in this space, which is this job can be stressful. And if we don't talk about it, that's just going to make other SLPs feel alone Mm -hmm. when they're having a bad day. Right. We aren't doing anyone any favors by not talking about it. All right. So let's get talking. What's an example of an emotionally difficult day that you've had, Sarah? And, uh, Can you share how you navigated through it? I've had situations in the past few years where parents appear to be very angry with me, and they can come into sessions or leave sessions looking angry or seeming unhappy with me. Maybe they want a different SLP. Maybe it's about a hard day they had. 
maybe it's about coming to grips with the fact that their child is struggling Mm -hmm. and processing those emotions. When that happens, I can and do have sleepless nights over it. And I sometimes pour a glass of wine and watch Netflix (laughs) when I get home to just chill out and not think about work for an hour or two. We all do it. Yeah. And, you know, these situations can really affect all of us. And I don't think I'm the only SLP who feels this way. And remember, I've been doing this for 10 years, and these emotional Mm -hmm. conversations still affect me as much now as they did on day one of my SLP journey. It's, it's really hard not to carry those conversations and those heavy emotions with you for the rest of the day afterwards. Yeah, I have a real-life example of this. So I once had a parent storm out of the speech therapy room, and this parent appeared very angry with me after what was honestly just a typical speech therapy session with their child. And over time, that parent ended up having a very direct conversation with me, and it turned out there wasn't a problem with my service. Mm. There was an unrelated, frustrating situation for that parent. Mm. And these things can happen, and it wasn't the first time that I'd encountered a situation like that. Right. That's that's the reality. Sometimes tensions run high, and I'm, I'm glad that we're taking this time to really explore some of these emotional conversations and talk about some solutions. So I'm glad you shared this, Sarah, and I've I've learned, too, that parents or family members, and especially those who are going through the process of learning that their child has a disability or their loved one now has um, lost the ability to communicate after having a stroke, you know, they're having some hard times at home, and they may unload their frustration on us, not necessarily to personally attack us. It's really more of a need to unload their own stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, completely agree. So I know I'm new, but uh, what I've done that helps me in this type of situation is to take on the role of listener. And sometimes I'll even write down what they're saying so they know that I value it, even even if it's criticism. I say it back to them. I'll say something like, so what I hear you saying is, that I'm a crappy SLP. Just kidding. No, (laughs) I'll use their name as much as I can. And I really take on that role of active listener instead of the role of criticism victim. And the hardest part during these situations is not being affected by their emotions, not letting your heart rate go up and keeping yourself calm so that you don't fall into that emotionally charged zone. I think what you're doing there is a strategy I've heard of for these situations and that you imagine a bubble and it's around yourself Mm -hmm. and those emotions are not permeating the bubble. Those emotions aren't making their way through that bubble. And in other words, there is space for the other person's emotions, but those emotions don't make it into your emotional space or your emotional bubble. Their emotions are their emotions, not yours. And I I do believe we can be empathetic, but also hold our own emotional space. The idea is we don't want to spend all of our emotional energy on our jobs and come home as emotionless zombies, (laughs) trying to avoid that. But it takes a lot of work 
and it's not easy to do. Right, exactly. During those moments, we want to remain in control of our emotions and keep control of that situation and the communication exchange. This is when the job of being an SLP kind of dips more into a counseling aspect. It does. We're not counselors, but we deal with heavy emotions a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're talking about is being empathetic while also guarding our own energy and guarding our own emotions. Right. And it's good to have strategies to deal with these situations in the moment. So what kinds of conversations do you find difficult and what do you do about them, Sarah? I think for me, there are two main categories of things that can really stress me out. So I'll tell you what I try for each one. Okay. One is when emotions are running high and are intense in a communication situation. And the other is when I feel like I'm personally or professionally being criticized. Mm -hmm. If I feel like my work is being criticized, that's emotionally difficult for me because I put so much time and effort into being a good SLP or trying to be a good SLP that it is really hard to hear that criticism. And for me, if there is a criticism of me or my work, I try to keep in mind first, is the criticism helpful and is the criticism actionable? Okay. So if it is, there's something I can actually do when I leave that situation first. And second, it's something that I'm willing to do and I have the time and energy to do. So if it's not criticism that's helpful and actionable, I need to respond to the emotional request, even if I can't provide a logistical solution. So is the person frustrated and angry? Hear that. And lots of times people will come to you or to your team and they might straight up just complain. (laughs) So don't take it personally. Don't take it as criticism. It's just emotion. Hear the heart of the matter and then try to move forward. Sure, sure. Second, If you're getting criticism, think about who is that person who's criticizing you. So there's an author. Her name is Brene Brown. She's the author of Daring Greatly, which is a book I recommend. (laughs) And she has a tip for this. Take a one inch by one inch square of paper. And on that paper, write down the names of people whose opinions you care about. And it will be hard to whittle it down. And it's a teeny tiny space for a reason, right? So then when someone criticizes you, see if their name's on that paper. And I think to some people that seems overly simplistic. But in the heat of the moment, it really does help. Everyone has an opinion. And you need to decide whose opinions really count. That's that's really empowering. So I just kind of want to restate what I'm hearing you say. So I'm hearing you talk about that there's a difference between what's constructive criticism, actionable and helpful criticism. And that makes sense because after a meeting where you hear this kind of criticism, there would be something concrete that you can actually do to move forward. But if it's not helpful criticism, if it's not constructive criticism, chances are it's an emotionally charged conversation, like in the situation with the parent or family member. And in those conversations, you need to have that bubble. You need to identify the emotion and remind yourself that this is not a constructive criticism conversation. This is an emotionally charged conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... 
like we may be able to address that emotional charge and move on. That can be hard. And if you're still struggling to not internalize what was said, that's when you can pull out that card and remind yourself of what really matters to you and whose opinions mean the most. Yes. And on those really emotional days, self-care is all the more important. In our next segment, we're going to really dive into physical and emotional health. We all know as SLPs, this job can be incredibly rewarding, but also physically and emotionally draining. In this segment, we'll talk about what we do to support our physical and emotional health. And these are self-care guilty pleasures. (laughs) They aren't super embarrassing things, but they are personal And they are things we don't really tell our friends about. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Sarah, this week, is going to share something she does for self-care that she almost didn't want to admit on a podcast. And she'll share our first self-care challenge. That's right. I'm talking self-care. First up, your challenge is to do and admit to what you actually like to do for self-care. So not what you think you should do for self-care. So here's some truth. I don't like manicures or bubble baths. I know that's not like (laughs) fun or relaxing for me. Uh, So the thing is everyone is different. So taking care of yourself will look different for different people. I've been practicing not judging myself for doing whatever it takes to just take care of myself and You know, you're in charge of doing the things you need to do to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So recently, for my own self-care, I know one of the things I've been doing is reading young adult novels. And (laughs) I don't really tell people about it because it's a a little embarrassing. (laughs) And I'd like to say I'm reading ASHA journals all the time, but at this moment, I'm not. (laughs) Right now, I'm reading Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. It's a novel about teenagers that was made into a couple of movies that some of you may have seen. (laughs) But what makes it like a self-care guilty pleasure for me is it's 100% fun. So the book was designed for teenagers and kids. It's a fun read. Um, I'm not reading it for work. I'm not reading it for a book club. I'm reading what I want when I want, and I'm loving it. (laughs) Yeah. And my second, (laughs) okay, my second one that I don't know why I don't want to admit is uh, the TV show from the 90s called Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. And uh, I recently wrapped up watching the first season. And I think most people my age watched this as kids and never really looked back. But honestly, I'm really just enjoying revisiting it again. And also Sully is the main male character. And... Yeah, he's in there. So that's why I like it also. Mm -hmm. So enough about my 90s crushes. (laughs) If you don't know who Byron Sully is, he's in the show, um, Google it. My graduate student did, and now she's in the Sully camp too. (laughs) And she requested he be added to Tinder. (laughs) So back to the challenge. So for you listeners, it's to practice unapologetic self-care. In fact, you don't need to tell anyone what your self-care is. Don't talk yourself into doing something that you think is smarter or better. Just do what you like um, and ask yourself, what does self-care mean to me? Don't make it idealized. Give yourself the real version. <laughs> make a list and make it non-judgmental. 
Uh, so your challenge is to pick one way to take care of yourself and actually do it and to do it this week. <laughs> so, first of all, I'm shocked that you haven't read Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants before this. That is a really fun book, and it's been around for a while, but I'll cut you a little slack. Uh, if you want a little bit of trivia, the most popular young adult books at the middle school I work at is, is still Twilight, which surprised me. That's from the girls. Uh, the boys liked uh, one called Maze Runner. Oh, and Harry Potter still. Which Harry Potter is, is which, great. Yeah, I approve of Harry Potter. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, me too. I could I could really talk about that with the students, so I enjoy those ones too. I've never read Maze Runner, though, but I've heard it's good. Uh, and as for your um, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, I admit I've binged on that myself, so... I'm in there with you. Okay. Are you in the Sully camp, Sari? <laughs> I, sure. <laughs> I'm in the Sully to camp. To appease me. Okay. <laughs> uh, so here's my own self-care admissions. Something a lot of people don't know about me is that I'm actually kind of a video gamer. I like to play what I call eye candy games, which are pretty games with good graphics and a good storyline. Right now I'm playing or replaying a game called Kingdom Hearts, which is really this cute little game about a kid named Sora who travels to different planets that are all based on different Disney movies. And it's really cute. And it's fun. Kind of a relaxing thing to do at the end of the day. And aside from gaming, here's that predictable response, but exercise. Pretty quick after I graduated with my master's, I signed up for a community soccer league and an insanity workout class. And I've been loving both <laughs> until I sprained my knee last week. And anyway, that's beside the point. These activities have been really big de-stressors. I look forward to them. I feel energized and mentally um, and physically energized because of them. So I like your suggestion to uh, make this list um, for our listeners unabashed and, uh, you, you know, own things that are really de-stressors for you. If exercise is not a de-stressor for you, don't put it on there. Don't put things on there that you feel like you should put on there. This is for you. This is an exercise for you to come up with things that help you relax. So that's, that's important. So this is it. This has been the episode one, the first episode of the <laughs> SLP Happy Hour podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you're new as an SLP or you're an SLP-to-be, we hope this episode gave you a good snapshot of what it's really like to be an SLP. And if you're a seasoned SLP veteran, we hope this podcast was helpful and that you feel more connected and empowered by listening today. We really are just trying to figure it out together. By sharing our experiences and perspectives, we become more connected to each other and more forgiving of ourselves. Let's navigate through the thorny issues together. As we do, remember you already know what you need to know to be an awesome SLP. You already care as much as you need to care to be an awesome SLP. This has been the first episode of SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Next podcast, we'll be talking about the lazy lesson and how to ask for help. We hope you also choose to accept our very first self-care challenge, which is to write an unembarrassed list about the things that help you de-stress at the end of the day.
If you like the show, you can support us in two ways. First, leave us a rating and review, especially on iTunes. And second, if you know an SLP who might benefit from these conversations, let them know about the podcast. We hope you all enjoyed the show and that this has been a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. We've enjoyed recording it. Until next time. <laughs> All right, let the sillies out. <laughs> Pause. Okay. All right, here we go. Five, four, three. Welcome to the SLP. Blooper <laughs> <laughs> reel. <laughs> I want a blooper reel. That's we'll save this for a bonus. Can you edit a blooper reel? Do you know how? <laughs> sure, absolutely. Okay, should we start a new file or just keep talking? Um... <laughs> Let's just keep stop talking, but okay. I'll save that segment. Just start over. It'll be fine. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We got this. Oh, my God. This is going to be the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Think sad. Sad. We could just tack this on to the end of every episode. No, By I the think way, we this should is what really happened. <laughs> Here's our blue purple. No drinking. <sighs> Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. <laughs>